to get this one to work. I probably found that, that spot where it doesn't work at all. Okay. So, Esther, would you just like to share a little bit about yourself, who you are, and all that sort of thing? Oh, there you go. I won't go into too much depth because I know you've got a couple of questions to come. But um, yes, my name is Esther Golding. I um, don't live that far away. I actually live in Newent. Um, I originally came from a little town called Thornbury, just the other side of the River Severn. Went via Manchester, which I'll talk a little bit by a bit later on. And I'm back down in Newent. Um, so I'm part of Gorsley Baptist Church as well. Um, I've been working with TLG um, for about five years, but I've been coaching and coordinating um, children um, for about seven years in total. Yeah. Okay, and you have, you have a role at, at Gorsley as well? Do you want to just say a little bit about that? This is great. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I work part-time for TLG as a region leader um, two days a week and supporting churches who run kind of early intervention coaching and, are, and make lunch clubs in the school holidays um, around the Midlands area. And then also for two days a week, I work for Gorsley Baptist as their community children's pastor. Um, and it was interesting because when I was moved down, I was moving down, I was living in I was looking to move down because um, I'm now married to a guy called Sid or Simon, depending how you know him, <laughs> Golding. And I was um, exploring to come to the church, and our pastor today was saying, You know what, we need to be reaching out to the community. We need to be kind of supporting um, people, young children, kind of families in our community. And I was like, This is the way forward. TLG is the way forward. So, the first thing I did when I moved down was like, David, let's have a meeting. Let's talk about TLG. If you want to, you know, reach your community, this is the way forward. And then through that, I got to know kind of David more and kind of started working with them as well. And then I also recently qualified as a counsellor as well, so I've got a few different hats. Yeah. Brilliant. So uh, what I will say, obviously, uh, we have uh, Caleb's Mountain as our project here in in Bream, and so that's uh, we ha- we have a team who do the parent workshops. Uh, we have myself working in the school. But uh, this is a new partnership that we have. I say new. We've been sort of since sort of October, November time, sort of. Um, we've been uh, working with TLG, transforming lives for good, and we felt that it would be really important that uh, Esther was able to share uh, the, how, how TLG works, what it looks like, and I think. One of the things I've perhaps not been so good at is communicating the work of uh, Caleb's Mountain. This is something that can, yeah, I, th- I think you can really get your heads around. I think it's, 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 it's easily communicated. <laughs> and I think that you'll get a flavour of what is possible uh, uh, with the Transforming Lives for Good work. So I think Esther's going to speak to us now and then I think we'll perhaps, if there are people here who are going to volunteer, and I include myself, uh, we might get some, maybe some of the leadership or um, anybody actually <laughs> who wants to pray for us to come up after. Okay, are you okay with that, Mike? Fantastic. Okay, I'm going to have to move this up a little bit. Can you hear me now? Great, brilliant. Well, it is really great to be here. Thank you so much, Barry, for inviting me. And it's just an absolute pleasure to join you here at St. James Bream. I was loving kind of driving through the forest this morning, trying to miss all the floods 
and just come join you. So thank you so much for um, inviting me here and just to share kind of the heart of TLG and um, Transform Lives for Good. Um, and just, yeah, I think this is really important to be here because what we're sharing today is important. It's important for your community as well. Um, as I said, I kind of give you a bit of context on myself. And I came across TLG about kind of seven years ago when I was living in Manchester. I was going up there for six months thinking I was going to be an actor up there for a bit with a Christian theatre company. And God kept me there for seven years of my life. So it was a bit longer than I expected. But in that time, I kind of was leading a missional community in a council estate where I lived. And um, I was thinking, how do we how do we get deeper with these children, these families that we are supporting? Um, we're seeing there's lots of children struggling in so many different ways, social, emotional, behavioural issues, um, and they just, there's so much potential in them. How do we come alongside and journey with them in a long-term way with that? And how do we support the family with that as well? And then we came across TLG and we're like, this is the way forward, this is it. So I started coaching, coordinating myself with a team there. And then, as I said, when I I was moving down. That was the first thing I said um, when I moved down. I was like, this is a way. If you've got a church in your community, if you've got a school in your community, this is a way to connect up and to journey with those children, those families, to help them see a hope and a future. And uh, to TLG, just moving on, I'm going to see if my clicker works. Well, yes, it does. Brilliant. Fantastic. So that kind of links to the kind of vision of TLG. So our vision is to equip and support the local church to bring a hope and a future to struggling children and families in the UK. And all of us at TLG are passionate about children and families living on the end of our streets and in our local communities. We're committed to equipping hundreds of churches to bring a hope and a future to those children and families really in need in their community. So if you're like me and you're passionate about Jesus and seeing him rescue and protect transform the lives of our nation's children and families and you want to get involved today so hold on <laughs> so to give you an idea where i'm heading because i know about you i like to know where i'm going um in a talk is i'm going to be sharing the heart and vision that god has given us to partner with the local church to bring a transforming lives for struggling children and families i'm going to share some of the stories a few of over 150 churches that we are currently equipping to impact the local communities, like yourself here at St. James Bremer, just on your journey with us. And his chance, as Barry said, to pray and really commission you as a team today. I'm also going to share how you can get involved and join over 12,000 Christians passionate to see God move in the lives of children and families in their communities. But firstly, I'm going to pray before I begin, if that's okay. Lord, we just want to thank you that you are here with us. Thank you, Lord, that your heart is to transform lives, Lord. Thank you, as Barry said before, that you meet us in our darkness, Lord, and you shine light brightly, but also you use us as well to do it, to shine your light in our communities. And I pray this morning that you'd really come speak to us, um, empower us, Lord, with your Holy Spirit through it. Amen. So, I am going to look at the scriptures, and what I've got... Nicely, I've got it up here. So we're going to look at 1 Samuel 16, verse 1 to 13. So you're welcome to look in your Bibles. You're welcome to follow with me on the screen. I thought it was always good to start with a Bible, isn't it? Always a good beginning with God's Word. So it says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1 to 13. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since you rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I'm sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. But Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. The Lord says, Take a heifer with you and say, I've come to sacrifice the Lord. Invite Jesse to sacrifice, and I'll show you what to do. 
You are to anoint for me the one I indicate. Samuel did what the Lord said. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. They asked, Do you come in peace? Samuel replied, Yes, in peace. I have come to sacrifice the Lord. Consecrate yourself and come to sacrifice with me. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they arrived, Samuel saw Elab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called, this is a hard name, isn't it? Abinimadah? Well, I'm just going to go with that. (laughs) And uh, had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but the Lord said, No. But Samuel said, No, the Lord has not chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are all your sons here that you have? Well, there is the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending the sheep. Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit until he arrives. So he sent for him and brought him in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance with handsome features. The Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. So, I'm going to draw out three points out of this because I know we love, always love a three-point sermon, don't we? <laughs> so firstly, point one, God believed in David. How do you decide who the people are worth believing in? Who is worth your time and your trust? How do you decide which people you're going to champion through life? Most of us will naturally judge a situation, an experience, or even a person by the way they look, or by the quality of the interactions we have with them, and certainly by the kind of behaviours maybe they exhibit. We can't help it, we just do. We do naturally judge. And this reminds me of an experience when I was speaking at a church in Walsall, a church that partnered with us, and it was quite a deprived, kind of rough area. I arrived, I drove my car up, and there was a gentleman standing a bit further away, near the church. The church looked all closed up. This guy looked like he was homeless, um, and he was looking at me and staring at me. And I was thinking, oh, I need to be really wary. God, help me with this. I pray, I'm okay. Give me the words to speak. I was walking up, and the guy kind of followed, and he went and sat right in front of the church. I naturally judged him, thinking, oh, I wonder what's all this about. What's he going to potentially do? Is he okay? And then I walk up, and he was like, do you know when the church is open? I said, I'm not sure. Um, I'm sorry. And then suddenly a door opened and said, Hi, Steve, come on in. Come and join us. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, Steve ended up being the most amazing person. He helped me out the whole thing, brought all my things in from the car. And actually, I totally judged him in the wrong way, just by the way he looked. I was wary when actually he was someone who really had a heart for God and really wanted to join in in what he was doing. And I wonder, do you think, God does God the same when God anointed David to be the next king King Samuel was still on the throne sorry King Saul was still on the throne he was popular winning loads of battles and handsome but underneath it his heart had started to turn away from God David on the other hand 
was the last choice of the brothers, wasn't he? And completely unimagined by the king, by everyone else. It was inconceivable that God would choose the youngest and the smallest of his family. The one who spent his time in the fields, which she probably smelt quite a lot, wasn't seen as a natural leader, was he? In the local marketplace, or synagogue, and in the social circles. Even the prophet Samuel was surprised by God's choice. But that gave God the chance, the great opportunity to share how he works. Let's remind ourselves what God said. It says here, The Lord does not look at the things that other people look at. People look at an outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. With the children, the young people and families living in our communities, on our doorstep, around this church, do we consider their appearance, their circumstance, their behaviour? Do we look at the things that people don't see, though? Do you look beneath that surface, what's really going on in the heart? What is God saying to you this morning? God had big plans for David from the beginning of his life, and he chose him for a purpose. Even though no one knew who David was, he wasn't the obvious choice for a king. God believed in David, and he was there to champion him through all life, even when he made him some horrendous mistakes. God overcame what everyone else saw about David, and he looked straight at his heart. Now, for so many children in the UK, there's no one to champion them through the struggles of life. They have no one to believe their potential, no one to look past their appearance, their circumstance, their behaviour, and see their heart. And often that's a heart that is struggling. Now, TLG's journey in all of this. The TLG began, I'm going to flip, there we go, in a church in the city of Bradford. As a local youth team began their Friday night programme about 20 years ago. But God was on the move and he had bigger plans. 13-year-old Lewis came to their doors. He came to their club. His natural response to anyone was to punch them as a way of saying hello. On the surface, he was angry, he was unsociable, he was full of attitude, and he'd been excluded from school. He was isolated and he was walking his journey alone. But underneath all this, underneath this bravado, Lewis's heart was confused and was hurting. He was struggling to cope with mum's new boyfriend. He didn't feel safe. He built up years of frustration living on the poorest estates in Bradford. Underneath it all, Lewis was struggling. Now, God impressed on this local youth team, which have now ended up becoming our executive team in TLG, to look over the unsocial behaviour, the outburst, the anger, and look instead at Lewis's heart to believe in him, to stand with him, to champion him whatever life threw at him, whatever mistakes he made, just as God did for David. I wonder, can we do the same? Now currently in our country today, there are thousands of children struggling with issues beneath the surface. We found that over 400,000 of those children of young people are excluded from school every single year because they can't cope. And in England alone, over 25,000 of those exclusions are given to children in primary school. And to break that down even further, we found out that 45 exclusions per day are made children in nursery reception and year one. Thus, children not even beginning their school career being told, you're not good enough, you can't continue. And that's not part of God's plan for our world. And he has called this local church and this youth team over here to stand up to do something about it. 
He called this team to rise up and equip the local church who had to stand alongside those struggling children, young people and families like Lewis. This is now happening across so many local communities around the UK. We believe a movement is beginning to stir. The local church is rising up and standing in that gap where funding has been cut, when schools are trying their hardest but they're stretched and stretched, when there's not that space for those children to be supported. Actually, he's calling us as a local church to stand up and to step into that gap. And this is something you guys are part of too. Now, point two. God walked with David his whole life. Believing that every child is worthy is the core of everything that we do. And we know that every struggling child in the UK needs the support of a positive and consistent faith-filled role model. When Samuel anointed David as a shepherd boy, David had affirmation that God had seen him from the beginning of time, had chosen for a great work, and it was then that his journey really began. And God was with David through some pretty difficult stuff, wasn't he? I mean, it's not like David had an easy life. Soon after he was anointed in secret as the next king, he faced Goliath and this giant in a battle to secure the safety of Israel. Then a few years later, he spent his years and life on the run, in the mountains and caves, afraid of King Saul, who was looking to kill him. And finally, as King Saul dies, as David is living in the Egyptian wilderness, he surrenders the Philistines and waiting to hear the fate of Israel. A lot of the time, David was living in danger. He had no stability. He was away from his family. I can't imagine what life was like for him. Was it only bearable because David knew he had God's affirmation? Because God walked in it through him with it all? And because actually God provides some great friends to support him through it? Now this recently reminds me of a a church in our Midlands um, area um, and one coach and this personnel coaching called Dylan. Now Dylan met in 2016. Dylan was only nine years old and already really struggling. When Dylan struggled, he often lashed out with unacceptable behaviour and he often got into trouble. So much so that actually he had to be taken out of class and taught one-to-one so he didn't cope, and so he didn't disrupt the classroom because he couldn't cope. Who was behind? Who was looking behind that behaviour to Dylan's struggling heart? Who was there to champion Dylan through life? Who was there telling Dylan, you are worthy throughout this all? Who looked past his behaviour, his label, and saw his heart? Now Heather, our coach in that church in the Midlands, stepped into that gap and started coaching Dylan and supporting him for a couple of years in the end. During her time with him, though, things got really bad. The family situation broke down and he was taken to foster care. His parents didn't contact him and he got really angry with this, understandably. And he was moved from foster home to foster home. He lost that sense of home. He lost who he was. Now, currently in our country today, one in ten children are unable to cope with a school day. And two-thirds of children say they worry all the time. That's not just like every now and again. That's all the time, every day, they are worrying about something. And children who have been taken into care are twice as likely to be excluded than those who have not. The most vulnerable are twice as likely to be excluded, and that is not on. Thankfully, TLG has equipped volunteers like Barry and the team at St James to reach out to these struggling children and become those christ cloaked volunteers that desperately need someone to champion them the journey through his life's challenges. 
Now going back to Dylan, Heather was that most consistent figure for Dylan throughout these, this hugely difficult time. By turning up each week, however he was feeling, wherever he was at, she showed him value and she showed him love. She stood with him, she listened to him in the pain of what was going on. She encouraged him, she played with him. She showed he was someone to be believed in. So much so that when Dylan got to year six, Dylan came bounding into the coaching session to Heather and proudly exclaimed that he had got head boy in his class. What a transformation. And not only that, he actually ended up becoming a figure that other classmates looked to for advice and for help. That is incredible. What God can do with that one person supporting him and standing with him through that. That is what early intervention support is about. Now, just like the story of Dylan, we believe at TLG, at TLG that God has made these children for a purpose. And he's seen them and he's loved them from the very beginning of time. And we believe that the local church can and should instill that message in them. And we're looking forward to seeing that all God has through St. James Bream. Now, point three, an unseen struggle. In the UK, as you said, there's lots of children and families struggling, but often it's hidden and it's unseen. I remember when I was moving down, when I was living in Manchester, I was in this council estate, and the need was really in my face. There was fights going on on the streets in front of me, kids running around, children running around with no shoes on at times. It was, it was really obvious and in my face. But when I moved down to, to come down to Newham, I remember being challenged, being like, God, but where's the need here? And God challenged me and said, Esther, the need's still there. It's just hidden. And it's under the surface. And all the same issues, all the same needs from these children, it's there. It's around us. And it's often quite hidden and isolated. You might not believe it right now, but as I'm speaking here this morning, 4.1 children are growing in relative poverty and eligible for free school meals. But when that, that term finishes... Actually, these thousands of children are going hungry in the holidays. We found out that one in three parents from low-income families skipped a meal to feed their children in the school holidays. Now imagine what it's like to be really hungry. I don't know about you, but I sometimes get hangry. You know when you, like, you get quite angry because you're hungry and you've not eaten for a good while. But imagine if that's, you know, that's just me every now and again. But if that's your day-to-day life when you are feeling hungry in that way it's, it affects your character doesn't it your temperament, your behaviour it prevents you from being the person that, that God has made you to be it maybe limits your learning actually thwarts the ability to thrive the hindrance of this hunger should not be happening in the, children, in the lives of our children families and our community and yet it is here's what one of the mums said that go to one of our make lunch clubs I used to be petrified of school holidays. I'm on a very low income. I get enough to just about keep our heads above water, but that's it. So when the holidays came, I'd be afraid of how I was going to feed my daughter Marcy. When I think about the future for me and Marcy, I just hope we'll be happy. We will belong somewhere and a part of something big. Now at TOG, we believe in Marcy and her mum. We believe that she is worthy of a hope and a future. We believe God has seen them from the beginning of time we want to equip the local church to reach out and support them in that struggle. So how does TLG practically fit into all of this? So we have three kind of different programmes. We have our education centres, which began from that relationship with Lewis, where we put the local church at the centre 
of the lives of these teenagers who are struggling underneath the surface. He needs someone to believe in them and have been excluded. So they're kind of like people refer, people refer units. So young people, when they're expelled, have to go somewhere, have to be paid to go somewhere. And these education centres provide a safe, holistic approach supported by the local church where we're saying we believe in you. We want to get you back on your feet, get you back to re-education and you are loved. And we have about 13 of these around the country supporting 150 teenagers at crisis point. But God hasn't stopped there. Over the years, he's reminded us there's children that are younger than this, they're desperately struggling with the issues beneath the surface. Kind of education centres are what William Booth, he said at the Salvation Army, said they're kind of, when the kids fall, fall off the cliff, we're like the ambulance at the bottom of that cliff, ready to support them and catch them. But actually, we also need to be the fence at the top of the cliff as well, stopping them before they fall. And that's where an intervention coaching comes. So as you heard Dylan's story, early intervention is designed to put a church volunteer alongside a child for one hour a week during term time over a whole year in a local primary school or secondary school. That's one child, one coach, one hour over one year. And that is a child who is struggling, not necessarily just with behavioural side of things, it could be social, it could be emotional, maybe family breakdown. Mental health, as we know, is on a huge rise Actually, it's come alongside them as they're showing those signs of really struggling. Not only does this help you as a church to reach out to your local schools and build relationships with them and the community and those families, but it also means that for one hour a week, a struggling child is receiving the undivided attention and support and guidance from that local church Christian role model. And we've seen about 150 churches at the moment running early intervention, from Cornwall up to Inverness, struggling, helping 400 struggling children during the year. And I love that God is on the move here in Bream. He's opening doors for early intervention coaching to happen, and in the initial stages at the beginning, but it's going to be beginning in the local schools. And what I know is that God has that right timing, doesn't he? Sometimes it can feel a frustration, things may take a bit longer, but God knows the timing of when we start. He knows those children. I always love that God knows exactly the child for each coach. I want to trust him in this process and seek to come alongside the last, the lost and the least. So it's something that you can do. Maybe we're starting going, actually this is something I'm really passionate about. Could you give one hour a week for a year to support a child who's struggling for various reasons? to sit and listen to them, to play with them, to champion them, to show them a way forward. And don't worry, you might sit in there going, oh, but I'm not a trained counsellor, I'm not, you know, what can I give? I, you know. But actually that's what I love. Like with David, God equips the called. Actually God trained David and empowered him for the task he had for him. He was not alone in that. And that's what we love here at Intervention. It doesn't matter your experience, it's all about your heart to invest in a child's life, to come alongside and listen to them and have fun with them for one hour a week in term time. We train you when we give you ongoing support so you're not alone in this. As you coach in schools, Barry is the coordinator here, he's going to be journeying with you as well and we journey with you as TLG throughout it all. You are not alone. And what we have, we have coaches all the way from 18 up to mid-80s. So you're thinking maybe, maybe I'm just a bit too old for this not for me. Actually, do you know what? Some of our oldest coaches are the best coaches. They've got so much wisdom to bring. They become a great grandparent figure, which that child may not have. 
And I love those relationships I see with our older coaches. Do not underestimate what you can bring just by being yourself. And I said I love that God always matches up the children far more than I ever expect. I find that every um, coach that I've matched with a child, he said, oh, actually, maybe that person makes sense that they work with that child. Yeah, that makes sense. And then God always shows something beyond that. I always find that God totally knows a child for you. I want to introduce you... Oh, I haven't got that slide. I was going to introduce you to Jacob. So Jacob was um, one of my coaches um, in Manchester, and he was quite a quiet guy himself. He was kind of um, 18 doing our internship programme. And I thought, actually, I think this could be a really great way for him to grow. And I said, Jacob, would you be interested in becoming an intervention coach? Thinking he'd probably be like, well, it's not for me. And he's like, yeah, well, actually. And I was like, oh, great, brilliant. This was easier than I thought. <laughs> so I went on train day. And my experience, I really enjoyed working with kind of quite um, boisterous boys at the time. I was really enjoying that kind of, the fun of that. Um, but for him, I think he found that quite intimidating. But what we did is we found a boy that was really um, struggling in terms of confidence and was really quiet and actually Jacob as a quiet boy himself to come alongside um, that younger boy actually just worked really well and together they both grew in confidence it was a real great partnership and actually seeing that boy kind of growing and standing up but also recognising he could be gentle he could be quiet if he wanted to but he grew in inner confidence which was most important so actually we're all different we all have something different to bring and we need to celebrate that so family is also really at the heart of what we do at TLG we want to support the child, but also we want to support the family too. And as I reference, we have Make Lunch as one of our programmes. We partner with Make Lunch. They were originally a separate charity, um, but wanted to grow and needed the extra support and came under us. And uh, actually, we've got this really similar heart for what we want to do. And we have found that one in five, again, missing some of my slides, ignore me, um, one in five children are facing food insecurity in this country. And we have partnered with lots of different churches and we've found that we've got, 100, we've got 151 lunch clubs serving over 2,000 meals to hungry children in the school holidays. And these clubs not only work on the children, but they work on the whole families into that church to provide that vital support, as well as pastoral care. And what we love as part of early intervention as well, coaching and the heart of it is not just the child, but also the family too. As we journey with the child and the ups and the downs, we have a privilege of reaching out to that family and stepping into that gap and supporting them. What I love also is that you're a volunteer. I think that's a really key thing. You're not there to be a kind of professional. You're not there to be a teacher to them. You're not even a kind of a parent. You are just an interested adult who cares for them. And I think you can be a great advocate for those families in those situations. And actually, the fact you're journeying long-term with these families speaks volumes. A lot of these people have people coming in at their lives all the time. But the fact you're saying, I'm, I'm here, I'm going to stand alongside, long-term with you. And it may take time to build trust. A lot of these families can be wary of people coming in at their lives. But actually, because you're journeying long-term, and that time, you have that time to build that trust and to build that care with them. And our heart is that they will slowly be drawn into the life of the church themselves. And they too will find Jesus, the transforming lives that he brings. Now from Lewis, with his struggles with anger, to Dylan, who used to be isolated with his behaviour, to Marcy and her mum struggling food insecurity and afraid of the school holidays, and the 10,000 children we've helped in between. TLG are, to help, are here to help you, the local church, to reach those people in your community. Now as we draw to a close, 
I'm going to be reading um, from Psalm 139, just a section of it. David, after years of being king, wrote this psalm. And I think it really cements the impact of his life, of knowing God's affirmation and knowing he was there, consistently to guide and to champion him through all of life's difficulties. Got there in the end. So from Psalm 139. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on your tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths. You are there. Your eyes saw my unformed body. Is that the right one? Great. All the days ordained to me were written in your book before one of them came to me. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. So are we desperate enough for our children and families to know that whatever life throws at them, they know they have been chosen by God for such a time as this? Are we desperate for them to know that in the darkest times of their lives, they are hemmed in from behind and in front by God, who advocates for them and has laid his hand upon them? Are we desperate enough to allow God to use us in our own weakness and our humanity? I definitely haven't got it sorted. I coach two children at the moment, but I don't go in saying, no, I've got everything sorted. I know that God used me in my weakness, in my humanity, and I ask him to use me to speak through me for those children's lives. And in that weakness and humanity, he can help us to bring a hope and a future to those children, those families, on our doorstep through us, the local church. I wonder this morning, is God stirring your heart to stand with us with this vision and this movement? Could you be a coach? Now I want to show you a quick video of Ruby. So Ruby is a, a child who lives in the inner city of Bradford, who's really struggling at home and in school. And it's been amazing to see the impact of how a local church volunteer went in to their school and supported not only Ruby but the whole family and saw the family transformed for Jesus. So we're going to watch the video. I think you might need to click on it. Emmanuel and yeah, meeting, meeting the staff, going at busy times, 
going at quiet times, with Joe taking you on the visits to Emmanuel. That helped a lot because Ruben would be coming familiar with the surroundings. Joe, she's an angel. She's an angel. Because of my depression, the doctors wanted to give me antidepressants, and that's not the road that I wanted to go down. But going to church is given is it's helped me more than what any antidepressant and bereavement counselling could do because I know that God's got a plan for all of us and that God loves me. Thanks, Joe. You just you just helped me in a lot of ways. Made me feel better about myself. Thank you feel bad about myself. You made me feel happy. Thank you for, for all the things that you did. I really appreciate it. So you, know, you can visually see it. Hopefully you could, you could hear it. Um, I do recommend totally go on the TOG's website. Some great stories of just real children and families' lives being transformed. And whenever I hear it or whenever I see it, it really kind of impacts me because this is real lives being transformed by that one person that just supported and journeyed with them and saw that they had potential. Now to the child who has too many worries for them to count, TOG says, you are hemmed in at the back and the front by God and we will champion you. To teenagers struggling to make sense of their crisis situation, TOG says, you have been created by the living God and we believe in you. To the family struggling to put food on the table, Tildrew said, God knows what you're going through, and we are with you, and we are for you, and we're here to support you. What do you believe this morning? Who are you willing to champion? Knowing that there's thousands of children and families in crisis in their lives, in our communities, around the country. Actually, we want to see more and more of these local churches being equipped to go into their schools and to open up, make lunch clubs as well. And we'd love to see it happening more and more. Our vision is big and it's getting bigger. We want to ensure that every child in our community in the UK is receiving that help and that support from the local church. And that's going to have a ripple effect on generations to come. Our vision is big because the need is big. But you know what? Our God is even bigger, isn't he, as well? And he can do incredible things. We would love to see by 2025... That actually we are supporting 10,000 more children struggling every single year. Now, a lot of you are very eagle-eyed and saw this lovely form in front of you as you came in. This is a hope and a future form. And this is a great opportunity to be involved. By filling out the initial information here, actually you can stay in touch with us. We can send you, don't worry, we're not people who bombard you with emails. Every now and again, just the life-transforming stories of what is going on in the lives of children and families have been supported through our local churches. You also have the opportunity today, by filling it in, you get to go home with a free book. That's not bad, is it? <laughs> not often you get free things, do you? So this is a great, but this is written by um, Tim Morphin, who set up TLG, and it just tells you the heart and the story of TLG. And if you fill in a form today, you get to go home with this free book. I remember reading it myself on a flight to Norwich, the glamorous place, and I remember crying my eyes out because I'm like, this is real stuff that are happening. This is the local church that's stepping in that gap. So if you feel that for me today, do come and speak to me afterwards and I'll be really happy to give you a book. But maybe you said, actually, not only that, but how else can I give? How else can I support what's going on? As I said, could you be a coach yourself? Could you pray for us 
I know we definitely need prayer as a TLG, but also particularly this local church. As your local volunteers are going into the schools, they need you to be praying for them. Could you give in other ways? Could you financially give? What you could do today, you can stand with us and become a hope giver, joining thousands of people across the country, giving financially support each month of what is happening through the local church. If you just fill in that extra section there, however much, actually, as Tesco says, every little helps. Actually, it's a great part to be part of this vision together and support. We as TLG, we provide two-thirds of the costs of what goes on through um, the work of the local church. And we do it through fundraising, but also through our hope givers who are standing with us. So maybe you today could become a hope giver with us. But I just want to say thank you as well. Thank you for listening this morning, giving your time. Thank you for all that you're going to be doing through Barry and the team. And uh, I'm just really excited for what God has to bring these children and families into your local church, the support that you give them each week for early intervention coaching. And it'd be great, wouldn't it, Barry, to pray for those that are here, but also those that aren't here today as well. Um, Should we get the team up and pray for them? One, two, three, four. Then we've got Alexi, uh, who, uh, Pavlimby, who is Di's son. You'll probably meet him more at the chip shop than anywhere else, because he'll be there serving behind the counter. Uh, and then Angus, who is Lucy's and, and Steve Crick's son, who works at the, uh, the leisure centre. But he's, he's, gonna, he's gonna rearranging his timetable so he can come out over uh, to, to Bream and uh, for the minute it's going to be Bream. Um, and then uh, Sheila, who obviously right now is going to be concentrating on Phil's health, and that's absolutely right, but she put herself through the training and she, she's said, and I think this is a, tes- a testimony that... Um, you know, we, we pray for Phil and whatever that outcome, Sheila has said she still wants to be involved with this because she sees how important it is that, uh, <coughs> that, uh, that we work with these children. Okay. So that's how important it is to, to us. So that, that's, that's the team, if you include uh, myself. So I don't know if there's a couple of people who'd like who'd be willing to come up and, and pray for us. Uh, that would be really great. Father God, thank you so much for the the stories of of different lives that we've heard this morning and the way they've been touched uh, and changed and heard the message that that they are valued, that you see potential in them, that you see their hearts. You don't look on the outside and look at the challenges of their circumstances. And thank you for these uh, these people who've, who've committed to um, to being a coach and to spending that hour a week uh, with children that, that need to have someone alongside them. And I pray for each of them that you would use them, uh, that you would bless them through this, uh, and especially for, for those children who are out there now somewhere uh, who don't know yet, but who are going to be paired with one of these people. Uh, and I pray that you would show those children how much they are loved and how precious they are to you through the lives of these people. Amen.
we thank you for the charity, uh, the volunteers that volunteered to work alongside um, these children in desperate need of knowing that someone is there who is consistent and stable and cares about them unconditionally. We pray that they, the volunteers find the words, find the activities um, that really feeds into those children so that they know their love, your love, um, and it will start to help them build foundations um, for building a future where they see hope um, out of the darkness that they are currently in. And we thank you for the volunteers that have helped and the volunteers to come um, and all those involved. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks, Esther. I'm, I'm just going to come up here for a second. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I think we should also just pray for Esther before we move on. And just, uh, Lord, thank you so much for her ministry, her ability to... Uh, communicate about that ministry as well and I pray that the words she's spoken that you would indwell them with a power uh, from the Holy Spirit to to co- uh, coax us to nudge us uh, in, into some kind of action and I pray that uh, we can support the work uh, of, of TLG through prayer, through money through, uh, through actually volunteering uh, I just ask that you'd stir us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, thanks, Esther. That's brilliant. Um,